1: Hello and welcome as we lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley Rutherford. I'm Kyle Welch, and we're glad you are joining us for tonight's broadcast. Pastor Dudley is the senior pastor of Shepherd Church, which is one church on three different campuses in the greater Los Angeles area at Porter Ranch, Woodland Hills, and Agua Dulce. We'll be joining Pastor Dudley in just a moment, but first, we want you to know this program is called Lift Up Jesus because we exist to lift up Jesus and the life-changing truth of the gospel. And we do this every night, Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. here on KKLA. No matter where you're listening from right now, in your car or your home or at work, you're about to hear bold, uncompromising teaching about faith, family, and daily life. We believe there is nothing like immersing yourself in the Bible each and every day to completely transform your life. We thank you again for joining us tonight. We know you're going to be enriched and encouraged by tonight's program. So let's join Pastor Dudley right now with his message from God's Word.
2: I want you to take your Bibles and turn to Ephesians 5, Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to look at two more one another's. The first one I'm going to tell you right now you're probably not going to like. I think you've liked all the rest of them. You're not, I'm not sure you're going to like this one. It's the word submit in your notes if you're taking notes. We're called to submit to one another everybody say the word submit we don't we don't even like that word the sound of that word makes us cringe partially because we don't understand the word we also don't like this word because we kind of live in a me 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 culture and just the thought of me submitting to anyone is somewhat repulsive to us the most common place that this word is found in the Bible is found here in Ephesians chapter 5, and it is in the context of marriage. I just want you to know that. And so we're going to talk a little bit about marriage today. But here it is in Ephesians 5, verse 22. And ladies, just stay with me here for just a minute, all right? Don't don't tune me out. It, It says in verse 22, wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. Now, ladies, most men, this is the only verse in the Bible they know, They don't know any other verse but this verse. And uh, they're, they're quick to quote it sometimes. It goes on to say in verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior, verse 24. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands. And ladies, I'm sorry, these last two words are in this verse. Uh, it says in everything. Now, most women, they just can't believe that that verse is in the Bible. I've, you know, I've, I've conducted a lot of weddings. I've done thousands of weddings. I am, I am a professional. Um, and at the wedding uh, rehearsal, many times the, the, the bride-to-be will corner me at some point of the rehearsal. And she'll say, hey, can I see the vows? I just want to make sure. What do you want to make sure of? She goes, I just want to make sure that the word submit is nowhere in these vows. And I know at that point that this marriage is already starting off on shaky ground. Amen? Be assured that in all things that God's plan is always the best plan. But in order for you to know the plan, you have to read the plan. And the reason some of you don't know God's plan you've never read the plan. Whenever you read the plan, I'm going to give you a little uh, hint here. Whenever you read the Bible, don't ever find one word and lift it off the page or one verse and lift it off the page. You always have to read uh, what's before this verse and what's after the verse to get the context of that verse. If you just lift one verse up, you're going to get yourself in trouble. For example, on this verse, everybody knows verse 22. Nobody ever reads the verse right before this verse. The the one verse right before it, Uh, Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21 says, submit to one another. Submit to one another. That would be wives submitting to husbands and husbands submitting to their wives. Now the women, they hear that, oh, they feel better already. The husband's going, that's not in the Bible, that's not in the Bible. Oh yeah, it's in there. Well, how come I've never read it before? Because you've never read it before but it's in the Bible now in the Greek write this down in your notes and I got to go through this fast just for time the word hupotasso the Greek word for submit means to arrange like you would arrange the furniture arrange under it's literally a word that describes the organization of an army you know in an army you have these different ranks you have lieutenants and generals and supervisors and you have foot soldiers And write this down. Everybody has a role. It's arranged in such a way that everybody has a role. And the same is true in a household. Everyone has a role. The husband has a role. The wife has a role. The children have a role. And without you knowing what that role is, that household ends up in chaos, just like an army would end up in chaos if everyone didn't know their role. Now here we have a church, and in the church we have pastors, we have elders, we have paid staff, we have volunteer staff, we have church members. Together we collectively are the church. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. We have spiritual leaders, we have church members, but we're all here because Jesus Christ is the head of this church. And so as a spiritual leader, my job here is to make sure that we're doing that which God has called this church to do. That is the role that I play. And every person in a church, every person in the army, and every person in a household, everyone has a role. Now, my belief that the husband, your role, you say, what's the husband's role? Your role First and foremost is to submit your life to Jesus Christ. That's your job. Your, your second job is after you submit to Christ, then your job is to be the spiritual leader of that household. Sometimes we think it's the, the wife's job to get the kids up and get them to church. No, it's not the wife's it's not in the Bible, it's the wife's job to get the kids to church, it's your job. You're the dad, you're the spiritual leader of this house. You're the one, uh, guys, you should, you, you're the one that should make sure all your children have a Bible. It's not your wife's job to make sure the kids have a Bible. It's your job to make sure the kids have a Bible and make sure that when you come to church today, before the kid leaves the house, you got your Bible, you're not coming to get, get your Bible. It's not the mom's job. It's your job. Your job is to set the spiritual tone for that family. Uh, the wife, she has a job, and I believe this. The Bible says when you were created that God created you to be a helpmate. And I believe it's your job to come alongside and to help your husband manage and run this household. You're a part of it. We're going to get into that a little bit later. The children, the two of you, let me go back to the husbands and wives, your jobs are to submit to one another, first submit to Christ, then you submit to one another, then the kids, they're watching you. They're watching dad honor the wife and they're watching the wife honor the husband and they're watching mom and dad follow Jesus Christ, and that's how the kid learns how to respect those in authority and learns how to respect those that are going to be around him as he watches uh, mom and dad and what they do. Now, go back up to verse 21. I want to show you something. Okay, now, you see verse 21. It says, submit to one another. You see that? Submit to, one, submit to who? Submit Okay, let me get this right. Submit to one another. That means the, the husband's going to submit to the wife, and the wife is going to submit to the husband. I, I don't understand how that works. Well, keep reading your Bible. Because he takes three verses, just three. We just read them. To explain what it means for the wife to submit to her husband. And then the rest of the chapter, he writes so long his hand gets tired. is talking about the husband's role. You see, we read the first three verses and stop there. Most of this chapter is about the husband's role towards his wife. Did you know that? You've got to read your Bible. Look at verse 25. Here's just a couple of husbands. Love your wives just as Christ loved the church, and he gave himself up for her. In other words, uh, I think Jesus was willing to do anything for the church including die for the church so when you look at your spouse your wife you should be just like jesus you should be willing to do anything for her including even die for her but to love her as christ loved the church that's what it means for you to be submissive to her verse 26 it says you're supposed to lead her to holiness that's where we know that your job is to be the spiritual leader of that household you're just how jesus wants the church to be holy your job as a husband is to make sure your family is holy verse 29 says that you're supposed to feed her and care for her my wife says this all the time honey let's go out to eat "Uh, honey i'm tired she goes the bible says you're supposed to feed me (laughs) okay okay we'll go out to eat but uh It's not just to feed her food, it's to feed her spiritually and to care for her. The point being, Jesus taught the church, he cared for the church, he loved the church, he set an example for the church, he protected the church, and he died for the church. And husbands, you need to be doing all of that if need be for your wife and all God's people said. Now here's the second definition of this word. Same word, but here's another definition. The word submit means that you yield your interest to their best interest. It means that you die to self and you put your spouse's interest above yours. Now, here's how this works, ladies. Ladies, listen to me. The word submit does not mean that whatever your husband says, you do. That's not what it means. It means that you look at your husband and you say to him, hey, honey, I got a lot going on today but is there anything that I can do today to help you? I'm going to put your interest above mine. What can I do to help you? I always like to turn a spiritual element in this to where you say, hey, honey, what can I do today to help you reach all the goals and the dreams that God has in store for you today? And imagine if you had a husband who looked at his wife every day. I said, "Hey, baby. <laughs> I got some stuff going on today. But is there anything I can do to help you today? Is there anything I can do before? I, is there anything I can do to help you reach all the goals and the dreams and the ambitions that God has placed in your heart today? Because I'd like to help you in that. Wow. Now, imagine if you had a marriage like that. And you can." The secret is in that verse 21 again, it says submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. You see, if you as a husband can first learn how to submit and honor Christ, guess what? You'll start to honor your wife. And as a wife, if you can, uh, instead of worrying about, I gotta submit to my husband, just submit your life to Jesus Christ. And you'll imagine, imagine what God would do to turn your heart to care and to love for your husband. You know, as couples, we fight over everything. I mean everything. How many of you know we fight over? We fight over everything. One of the things I used to my wife and I, we used to fight I mean, we had some, some, some fights. I'm not, ex- I'm not exaggerating. It still bugs me, but we don't fight over it anymore. We used to fight. I mean, fight every day. She leaves the hairdryer plugged in. <laughs> it bothers me. Because she's got the cord that comes down through the sink. just the cord is laying in the sink. i honey, you can't leave the hairdryer plugged in. You're going you're gonna, to you're gonna kill one of the kids. <laughs> I, I used to tell her this every day. Every day. You go to my house, 95% of the time, even today, that hairdryer is still plugged in. And it goes right through the sink. And I keep telling her, electricity, water. I said this, I probably, you're going to kill one of the kids. You plugged it in. Can't you unplug it? Oh, I forgot. We would fight. You know, you have to reach a point in your marriage, you have to make this decision. Are we going to fight or are we going to be married? Are we going to fight over everything or are we going to stop fighting and truly start loving one another it dawned on me one day maybe she was trying to kill me <laughs> maybe but you know I remember one day I said you know what I, I'm, I'm I'm done fighting over it you know I, it does have some safety stuff on it right and I guess if she wants to kill one of us she can kill one of us i mean, this is my attitude but I decided I'm not I'm not gonna fight anymore And I used this sermon illustration last night. She told me, her hair dryer was plugged in. I was telling the story, still plugged in. Go up there right now, it's plugged in. (laughs) But we don't fight over it anymore. I want you to write this down. This is important. Submission is not something that anybody forces you to do. It's something that you choose to do. Nobody can force you to do this. This is something you choose to do. Now, the biggest question that people ask here, and I'll just say this and we'll move on. What if my spouse isn't Christ-like? What if there's no resemblance to Christ? What if he never cherishes me? What if he abuses me? What if he puts me or my children into a dangerous situation? What if he's unfaithful to me? And I have a couple of things. One is if you, if you think you're in danger or your children are in danger, you need to get out today and get some counseling but I believe in just life in general that when you look at that spouse, you're to put his interest or her interest above yours and love that person the way Jesus Christ loved you. And uh, we'll talk more about that. But marriage is never perfect because there's two imperfect people living in that house. Most of the stuff we argue about is because that guy is selfish, and sinful, just like you. Somebody say amen. You have a bad marriage, don't raise your hand. You have a bad marriage, it can be a good marriage. You have a good marriage, it can be a great marriage. You say how? By learning how to submit to each other out of reverence for Jesus Christ, truly putting their interest above yours. And all God's people said the second word, write this down quickly, is encourage. 1 Thessalonians 5 says to encourage one another, build each other up. That Greek word is parakaleo. Write this down. It does not mean what you think it means. Parakaleo means to call someone alongside of you. It's a vibrant picture of calling someone who is hurting, someone who's on the wrong path. Encouragement does not mean that you stand back here and yell at them. Good job, you're doing good. I think you can do it. Keep it up. Don't quit. I believe in you. That's not encouragement. It means you come alongside me. It's the same word that Jesus uses in John 14, 15, and 16 to describe the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, when I leave, I'm going to send you the parakaleo. I'm going to send you the counselor. I'm going to send you the one who's going to guide you. I'm going to send you the one who's going to comfort you. I'm going to send you the one... Who's going to encourage you? What does the Holy Spirit do? We get on a wrong path. The Holy Spirit says, no, 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 come with me. He leads us to get on the right path. That's what it means to encourage someone. Amen? Amen. Now, God wants this church to be a one-another church. say, how do you know that? Because 59 times... He keeps saying to greet one another, love one another, serve one another, submit to one another, encourage one another, love one another, forgive one another, teach one another. You see 59 one another's in the Bible. Uh, Maybe God wants this to be a one another church. How many of you get that correlation? When you read 59, God must want this to be a one another. church. How many of you think God wants this to be a one another church? Oh, I'm glad you raised your hand. Look at this verse, Ephesians four sixteen. from him, Jesus, the whole body, joined together, held together by every supporting ligament, it grows, the church grows, and builds itself up in love as each part does its what? Work. Tony Evans says he believes it's a sin to benefit from a ministry in which you do not contribute. He actually used the word criminal. He said it's a crime to come to church to say preach to me, sing to me, serve me, set up chairs for me, print bulletins for me, give me donuts, give me coffee, make sure the air conditioning is on for me, I want clean restrooms, I want a shuttle, I want a place to park, I want good music, I want good preaching, and if I'm sick, I want you to visit me, and if I'm hurting, I want you to comfort me, and if I need help, I need you to help me, but don't you dare ask me to help you around that church. It's an insult to God. Write this down. God never calls 20% to serve the 80%. And then write this down for time. There's heartache in every row. I want you to look and just see who's sitting on your row. Just take a You're not supposed to stare in public, but (laughs) look look at who's sitting on your row. And look at the people now in the row in front of you. Look at them. Take a gander at them. And then look at the strange people sitting behind you. (laughs) Strange people in here. I want to say this. On every row, there's heartache. On every row in this church, there's someone battling cancer or some sickness right now. On every single row in this church, there's someone who's experienced racism in their life, prejudices. On every row, there's someone who's going through a financial hardship this very moment. On every row, there's someone who has a relative, a son, or a daughter who has gone astray. Every row, there's someone right now who's living on the wrong path. You just can't come in here and waltz in here and go to church and see how quick you can get out. You gotta, if God wants us to be a one-another church. You've got to come in here and look for people that you can encourage and say, hey, come alongside me. We'll get through this together, not just stand back and yell. I'm keeping you can do it. Amen. You need to be vocal. Everybody say be vocal. You've got to be vocal in your encouragement. All right. There are people hurting all around you right now. Number two, write this down. Look for a frog to kiss. You remember the princess? She kissed the frog and he turned into a prince. Well, all around you are people just sitting there like thinking, man, I'm just I'm just a frog. <laughs> Nothing good's gonna come from my life right now. I'm just I'm down in the dumps. Look for people to encourage. And number three, this is important. Affirm them spiritually. It doesn't mean that you help them learn how to kick a soccer ball or shoot a basketball. To encourage means if you read 1 Thessalonians 5, it's in the context that Jesus Christ is about ready to return. Therefore, let's encourage one another. You see people on the wrong path or making wrong mistakes or living a life, your job is to come, say, come alongside me. Let, me. let me help you get through this and live the way Christ wants you to live because he is about ready to return.
1: Come and explore the book of James and discover God's user-friendly solutions for some of the biggest challenges we all face daily. Get your copy of Pastor Dudley's book, God Has an App for That, today. I'm Kyle Welch. We invite you to join us every weekday at this time when we again lift up Jesus with Pastor Dudley.